everyone. Welcome to another edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good buddy, Amigo Aaron, joined today by a man who, unlike most pitchermen, hates the outdoors and everything it stands for. I give you the Brent. That's all true. The only time I like going outside is in the fall. Wait, the why the fall? The summer are too hot and the winter's too cold. Is that when everything's dying and that makes you happy? Well, you're no, a but I do like to watch the leaves turn. Yeah, that's why. That's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> also, that's you, not dying. That's just like going to That's sleep. dying. In case that's you, not- which is what we're doing. In case you missed the show last week, we spun the wheel. We made the deal. And this week, we will be taking a look at BAM fishing video games, the Brent fishing games. Now, full disclosure, I very rarely go fishing in real life. In fact, I can count on probably two hands the number of times I've been fishing. And I haven't fished for decades uh, because I have never had any luck. Plus, I don't like worms and I don't like fish. Brent, what about you? What was the last time you went fishing? I would say I was, let's see, it would have been about 15 years ago. But I have definitely been fishing in my entire lifetime uh, multiple dozens of times. Really? Dozens? Oh, yeah. Papa used to take uh, us uh, Philip and I fishing all the time. Oh, I see. Now, did you have you ever been fishing on a boat? Yes, I really done boat fishing once. And how was that? Oh, it was just it was a I think they're what called John boats, just the the flat bottom boats. It was literally it was a, it was a pier except I was out in the water and sitting down. I wasn't brave enough to stand up on the boat. I don't and it was you. on a it was on a calm lake. It, we yeah. it was a row out sort of a situation. Have you ever fall? You never fell off the boat. No, but I have fallen out of a canoe before. <laughs> well, me too. So I can't. <laughs> Sadly, you don't fish out of a canoe, I'll tell you that. No, you don't. I mean, you can, but I don't. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just for fun, uh, I thought we'd have a look, just a brief look at some of the uh, fishing titles that got released over the years. It's funny, there were way more than I thought. Uh, and uh, I thought we'd just go over a few. I found a great website here, virtualpet.com, Brent that had a real nice look at the early days of fishing. And a lot of these games I didn't know about, Brent, so I thought I'd ask you about them because you you have a lot more action on the consoles than I did. Uh, believe it or not, the first thing they've got listed here in terms of fishing titles, it, it was a 1977 game on the TRS-80 Model 3, Brent. Yes, I went and played this. It was <laughs> oh, absolutely really? horrible. It's called Gone Fishing, yeah. catchy name, uh, and that's kind of <laughs> neat. Uh, what was the what was the problem? You actually played this. What'd you think? It was it's a text based fishing game. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I it think was... I would I would tie my line to the letter J. If you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you 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 basically pick which direction you want to like cast or go. Yeah. And then it, you you cast, and then it randomly generates if you catch a fish or not. Very... I'm sure there's some kind of strategy with it, and I certainly didn't spend more than two or three minutes with it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, because I was actually, I was going to pick that this week. Being, so I, at least it was in the running, since it was the first, what was considered the first fishing game. Yeah. But that, those uh, ambitions went away pretty quickly after playing it. It's funny, I almost picked uh, the next title we're going to talk about, uh, 1980s Fishing Derby, uh, which was written by the great David Crane of Fitfall fame. And I remember playing this back in the day, but I thought it was no good. <laughs> and so I didn't think it was that good a game. And so I tried it and I didn't like it. So I moved I moved down the line on that. Although one. that's that was a very action based fishing game. Yeah. You know, it was more it, it was all about uh trying to get your fish past the the shark yeah. or whatever it was supposed to be at the top. So it, I I mean, if you that's a two-minute fishing game. You play it for a couple minutes and you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. This article goes into a lot of do- uh, uh, the early players in fishing were DOS games. Who'd have thunk it, man? Yeah. And, and including uh, games like uh, Rich Tabor's Bass Champ Pro. I'm a big Rich Tabor fan. Uh, you got Bass Class, Bass Duel. These are all the early 90s. I did remember this one from 96, but the Nashville Network's Outdoor Bass Tournament. Uh, which was one that actually that because the T, the TNN bass game sort they of got pushed it hard. Some, yeah, well, it got moved to it, that actually got made it to the console, uh, and and so that was one I'd actually heard of. Uh, let's talk about some of the early entries for the Super Nintendo. One of which was guess what the Nashville Network's Tournament of Champions. By the way, the Nashville Network no longer exists. Uh, 
Uh, it became the national network became Spike Television, and then eventually that that became I think the Universal Channel or something like that. So they're they're long gone. Nashville has no network, Brent, unfortunately. But it was well, the perfect. What are you do? It was the perfect uh, channel to push a bunch of redneck sports including Tournament of Champions, because everyone knows that's all it's in Tennessee. It's what everybody says anyway. That's why they're saying that, but it's not really true. I don't have, I don't think everyone in t- Tennessee fishes. But the, the early TNN uh, games were available on the consoles. Do you remember any of the early console fishing games you might have tried? No. I, I, <laughs> I don't go. play. I, the only type of fishing games I spent any time with were, yeah. of all things, arcade fishing games. Yeah, it's, c- c- talk on some of those. Do you recall any of those? I mean, those had the reel and stuff built in. Yeah, Pretty the neat. first one, the only one I remember playing, I think it was called uh, Sega Bash, Bass Fishing. Yeah. And it had the reel, and, and it, it actually had line resistance when you tried to reel stuff in. And you could use the controller, or the controller was the reel, and move it back and forth to fight fish. It was re- really well done, and it was arcadey enough that pretty much every time you threw your line out, you knew you were going to catch a fish, or at least attempt to catch a fish. Yeah. So it kept the action very uh, quick. You know, it's an arcade game. They want you in and out in, what, three minutes, I think is what the the goal is. But it was fun, and it was something you could play three or four times while you're waiting for a movie or something and uh, get some enjoyment from. It looked good, too. I remember that. Yeah, uh, it's it, a beautiful it, game. It came that came out in sort of the the uh, the mid to late nineties. Then, of course, uh, it ended up getting ported over to the Dreamcast in ninety nine. Sega Bass Fishing, and of course, the Dreamcast had that great peripheral. I wish I had one of these things because I had the chance to get one, and I never, I, I just kept passing on it. But they had the uh, the rod reel peripheral uh, for the Dreamcast. Did you ever fool with one of these things? No, not in, I think I've I think I've held it in a like a store display. Yeah, but I don't recall ever playing with it at home. I did play the game. I actually like Sega Bass Fishing. It's again, it's like you said, it's it's very different. For example, for example, the game I played today, where a lot of fishing games are more like actual fishing, where you sort of throw your line in, and then you sort of just sit there for a while, uh, and then you uh, uh, try again. Where Sega Fishing, you were it was all action. They were getting. It was just like watching a fishing show. These suckers were getting bites on every cast, you know. Now, so it, to be fair, I mean, there are while the number of standalone fishing games is pretty small, the amount of fishing mini games, you know, games within other games, yeah, huge. All yeah. almost all of your survival games have some kind of fishing, yeah, and, and just games that you wouldn't expect to have fishing mini games. Uh, the first one that comes to my mind is the ever popular and recently released Hades, it has a fishing game in it. And it is as far away from a fishing game at its core as you could ever have. And and some of them are as simple as, you know, take this bait to this certain lake and you'll catch this certain thing. Or some of them are incredibly involved. You know, where you're, you have to find different locations, you have to really battle your fish in. Valheim, uh, the game I know you love so much, has a fishing mini game in it, <laughs> so it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of work to take what is a mini game in so many other games and stretch it into a full game. Well, yeah, I agree with you that I kind of like I think I like the laid back sort of fishing more than I do the the bang bang fish. It's one of the few things I'd rather have less action than more action. Now, the good thing about a fishing game though is you can put up a nice scene on the screen. You know, it's a it's always a beautiful blue sunny day. You're out there, and they take out the parts of fishing that suck: getting to the lake, walking to the lake, putting your boat on the lake, trying not to dunk your car in the lake when you lower the boat in. Like the heat, the bugs uh, on the lake, all the idiots that are, that drive around the lake on a on a jet ski at Mach ten, trying to, or, or in their boat top speed trying to kill everybody. The, these are the parts of the fishing that are not fun. That they don't talk about. Then there's the part of getting the boat out of the lake. You know, when you didn't catch Jack Squat, you you've had too much beer. You know, all the stuff. That's the part. That's the part of fishing I don't like. If you could just do it like in the game where you just appear on the lake, I would probably go fishing a lot more. <laughs> well, it's for me that none of that stuff is the hassle. Uh, I don't mind handling the bait. because uh, I typically I don't use live bait. Uh, when I did the the 
handful of times I did fish, uh, I usually use some kind of like super bait that or marshmallow type bait or uh-huh. spinners. When you have and, and think about fishing, Aaron, I don't know how versed you are in fishing. Not good. The experience is a lot different if you're just bobber fishing, where you're you bait your fit, you bait your hook, you throw it in there, and you just kind of sit around. Uh, versus like spinner fishing, where you you're <clears throat> casting, you know, three or four times a minute, and you're just reeling your your uh, spinner bait through the water, and then you've got control of the motion of the spinner bait and that sort of thing. Do you ever do that kind of fishing or do you literally uh, well, just throw listen, it out there and wait until something happens? You talk, in, you know, in, in, on video games, I do, I do whatever they want me to. I don't care. When we used to go fishing in real life, uh, we, my, you know, dad started me on bobber fishing, but I was too, it got too boring. And so we, we pretty much fly fish, which basically just means casting about a thousand times. Well, fly fishing never, is incredibly different, but I understand what you're trying to say. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, we want to. We should talk about uh, as we run this thing out here. Uh, <laughs> aside from the fact that the Dreamcast had that crazy control, what about the? You know, one thing you saw everywhere, uh, and it was at all the big lots. It was at all the resale shops for those Wii fishing controllers, because there were some fishing games in the Wii that. Uh, oh yeah, that, or whatever, those yeah. were nothing. Well, those were kind of. They were kind of. It was a cute idea. Did you ever play? Any, did you do any fishing on the Wii? Nope. It was pretty good. It did a good job of sort of simulating the. Uh, the 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 fishing rod. I always thought that was a kind of a kind of a neat a neat angle. I do want to say one thing before we close up. Uh, uh, we had someone in the chat here, O'Brien, uh, ask if we count ice hole fishing in this category. Well, the chances of me ever doing that are zero. Ice fishing seems like the stupidest thing you can possibly do. I know people love it. Why? Because you're cold. It's cold. You're on ice. You're on ice. I'm not well, interested in doing that. If you do it proper that. and you have a shelter, it's not cold. I no. mean, I've never done it, but I've, You're I've on watched ice. videos about it. There's no way it's not cold. You're standing on ice. You know, I'm not buying it. Plus, you've got to get to wherever you're going. Ice hole fishing. For, forget about it. I'm, I'm not even going to consider that. So, with all that said, Brent, it was our task to look over all these different fishing games to pick out a couple winners. You thought outside the box on this one and we're going to let you lead the dance this week what do you got i brought 1992 williams classic fish tales now this is a pinball machine uh that has the incredible feel of fishing but barely has anything to do you know the actual actions of fishing uh this was actually popular for a few reasons uh the theme draws people in it draws people who aren't necessarily going to normally pay play pinball in uh the header on this pinball machine is a huge like 12 inch fish and it flops around as you're playing up in that the cage back box area you hardly and ever see really it. huh you hardly ever saw that header though i very rarely saw it attached oh i've, I've seen it on i've seen it more than once for sure uh but it's very eye-catching. The The cabinet itself is very beautiful. Aaron, did you know this was the first pinball machine to use those switches that aren't switches? The, uh, uh, shoot, optic switches. No, I did not know that. Where you press the button and it doesn't actually hit a micro switch. Yes, no, this I... was the first pinball machine to use those. Mm. Uh, and I'll be honest, I think it did a fine job. I... I didn't know this, you know, while I was playing it. I never thought, man, these flippers feel off, or I don't feel like I have control. But yeah, it was the first one to use optic sw- uh, flipper switches. Weird. So, fishtails. What's the big draw of fishtails to what make you want to play it again and again? Uh, it is a high scoring affair that allows you to go a simple route of hitting the middle feature over and over. Or a higher risk, higher reward multi ball uh, route, and both are very viable uh, for people who play for score. You know, really want to ramp that stuff up. And if you want to play just for story, uh, this isn't as fleshed out as some of the story based pinball machines like Who Done It or no, uh, no, it's not even, that fleshed out. <laughs> even something as less fleshed out as say Adam's family for a story type affair. But it is there and it goes over all the 
uh, fishing tropes about lying about how big the fish was. It has you catching several different types of fish. Um, on the play field, it has a, a a casting reel, and that's what they use as a visual to for ball locks. So it does a decent job of bringing elements of fishing into a pinball arena. I don't think it does an excellent job, mainly because it doesn't have you doing nearly enough, uh, you know, pulling the fish in type things. There's nothing that really simulates that in this pinball machine. It's all mostly about, catch, you know, shoot a shot, you catch the fish. Shoot a shot, you catch the fish. So I kind of wish they would have done something more with that. However, all in all, this is a fun pinball machine uh, with some of the best music of pinball, you know, all the way out there in pinball. Chris Graner, very popular in the scene, has so many different musical scores. You can get three jackpots in this game, Aaron, and every time, every jackpot you shoot for, it plays a different song. Like overall, I think there's like 14 songs in this thing. It's amazing the the, the sound work that they did with this. Now I know you. We played this. Uh, at least I played it on uh, Pinball FX, Aaron. What do you feel was the Pinball FX experience? Because I know you've played this in real life as well. Yeah, I played this on on two different different uh, simulations or of pinball, and I played it in real life. Uh, so you just want to go into the Pinball FX. I'll talk about that one first. I actually played that one second. So I'm I'm not mega familiar with this in real life, but I've I've had a go. Uh, one thing that they did in this game was they, you know, this is a funny thing about these fishing games. I, the, every one of them, they, they love to redneck these games up. Surely non-rednecks go fishing. That's one thing I've never understood. And sure enough, this thing has the fiddle uh, music. That kind of, you know, him and Holland. I don't think that's redneck. That's that's as hick as it gets. The ba- the pick and the banjo. Are you kidding me? The fiddle stuff. It's, it's super hicky. They the play off looks, the tropes. The goof looks like a hick. You got all, yeehaw, you got the free, you know, that kind of crap. You know, I, 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 I would love to not see that in a fishing game just once. Uh, but with all that said, I mean, yes, the music. You is, don't see that as a drawback, though, do you? Well, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it doesn't appeal to me as a non-redneck who doesn't fish. It didn't do it for me. Uh, but all that said, it's, the music is. Nobody it's, tell them. It's solid. Take off. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. So. The Pinball FX thing, well, when you play this in Pinball FX, we have to go over the virtual versions of this, since so few people can play the real ones anymore. It starts off, if you've ever played the Pinball FX series, they've got a, they jazz up all the tables, all the all the tables they got that are the new, actual tables, with the Pinball FX uh, Glean. Uh, they put a bunch of, like, uh, special effects on it. They put a dude out there with a fishing pole, just standing around, who'll say some stupid crap. Uh, they and they all the ball shots have like gl- all kinds of uh, motion blur on them, and there's points shooting everywhere. It's it's insanity. So I, first thing I did was turn that crap off because yeah. I hate it. I hate that. Well, gonna, having it as an option, there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah, as long as I can turn it off instantly, that's okay. And you can, so I'm not yeah. going to fault it for it. But I don't like it. And the, and, the, and also, I, I'm insulted as a pinball player that they feel the need to have to put that in there. But they do that for the younger demographic, Brent, my opinion. But anyway, uh, as a game, you're right. This this doesn't have as much jack as I would have expected. A fight the fish mode or, or I mean, the fish, the, the I didn't think the shots were all that great. Uh, they're okay. I mean, it's not horrible. But I, I had trouble hitting a lot of the shots. I noticed that on Pinball FX, that the the uh, they've got the level of the table a lot higher than they do on uh, on the, on Pinball Arcade, and by that I mean the table is set steeper, so the ball yeah. travels a it's a lot faster a game. Yeah. But, but but the funny thing about it is <clears throat> is that the ball and all that I have found in all the Pinball FX tables that hitting the ball on those tables for some for whatever reason it feels like you're smacking around a ping pong ball. It's the ball feels real light. So it's the weird yeah. combination of being very steep and the ball being very light. And what does that make it? It makes it fast, but it doesn't but you don't really feel like that you're having much of an impact on the ball. So it's it's very it's a very weird feeling. 
to play like that. I thought the call-outs and stuff were, I mean, they were what you would expect. I thought the light-ups were sort of, I mean, I, I would call this, in real life, I would call this sort of a middle-tier <laughs> pinball machine. I mean, there's nothing offensive about it. There's no shots like, say, Monopoly's got it, where you've got a uh, something st- square in the middle of, this, of the play field right in front of you and screws up the whole thing. It's not that bad. It's just a, sort of a generic layout. Uh, there's not, I would not say there's any great ramps or anything. I mean, nothing, I mean, there, it does have crossovers and stuff, but it's nothing that, like, makes you go bananas. Yeah, it uh, has you know. two ramps. And well, I mean, it, has it does have ramps. ball multi-ball. But it's, it so doesn't I, have anything sexy, you know what I'm saying? I I would <clears throat> I would agree and disagree with that. This is Fish Tales was was kind of made to look like a player's pinball machine, but there's actually a few little quirks to it uh, that aren't obvious at first glance that makes it a very difficult pinball machine. Aaron, did you know that the flippers that are used on Fish Tales are a quarter inch shorter than your standard pinball flipper? I did not know. Yes. And obviously that makes center drains a, a lot more of a problem. Which is and funny because shot, I had much I had much worse time on the on the uh on the outer lanes draining than I did coming down the middle. I was I this thing is a drain a drain machine on the well, out on the outside. The the main shot or the obvious main shot is a shot up the middle to go on either side of a boat. And it it always loops around and feeds it back to your flipper. Yeah. That shot is actually designed that when you miss it, because there's a captive ball in the middle that is, it's a suicide shot. I mean, if you actually shoot for it, there's a high probability that you're going to lose your ball. And that's by design. Uh, they, They made that gap in the middle a little bit wider and made a, a straight up the table shot appealing but a little bit dangerous. So that all goes into a good design of a pinball machine, and I can respect that. However, for me, this is if this was in a lineup with five or six different pinball machines, I might play it once because I like to play every pinball machine a place has, you know, unless there's just like hundreds. Yeah. And even then, I would want to play them all, but probably can't. Um, but this is not a machine that I. <laughs> ever went out of my way to play like i didn't there are certain pinball machines i will drive you know 20 30 miles to play yeah uh, star trek next generation theater of magic uh road show those are machines that i seek out to play this is not one of those things and I, I wouldn't avoid playing this I, if i had uh you know access to it down the street i would definitely go and play it right now but it is a middle-of-the-road pinball machine. Yeah, uh, I agree. This was also very wide-released, Aaron. This had 13,640 machines produced uh, in the world of pinball. And now this was in 92, the yeah. end of 92, which was a big It came out at the right time. Year. Yeah. But that's still a lot of machines. And it was a lot of machines because it was very popular. Uh, one other bit of, of Easter egg tidbit Aaron the video mode in this right it has yeah. you shooting the boaters and the jet skis with torpedoes and it kind of feels out of left field right don't you agree that's kind it of is, it doesn't make any sense is what is a better way to put it and a lot of these games you have to go to the flyer or the instruction manual to kind of fill in that gap of how this fits into the game fish tales that's not true you actually have to go to the 10-minute-long promotional video. Uh, and yeah. in the promotional video, it, it follows the uh, day of these two fishermen, and they're out in the lakes, and, they, and they're not catching anything. So they feel that it has to be because of all the other lake traffic, all these jet skis and boats going on, and that is how it ties into fishtails. So if you've never seen the promotional video, that uh, video mode kind of feels out of place. So just another one of those pinball quirks that makes no sense in, in its own context. But if you dig deep enough, it all fits together. And no one on earth would have seen those. So that's... <laughs> well, I, that's I, I watched it. That's it how I know. That dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not dumb. 
I mean, it's just, I, it's, I, it's I enjoy that kind of thing. I mean, you can have, listen, I'm sure people on the, on the lake that have those idiots drive by want a torpedo. I have no doubt. <laughs> did you, did so, you, you didn't try this at Pinball Arcade, did you, for chance? I did not. I still have the Pinball Arcade version of this. Of course, uh, there was a big kerfluffle in Pinball when Pinball Arcade lost the rights on the Williams tables. Pinball yeah. FX horked them and then uh, redid them. And this is yet another example where uh, the Pinball Arcade's engine is just better. It just is. Now, it is. It's not as, honestly, the lighting and stuff is not as attractive. You know, if you go, if you put them side by side, but they, they, it just plays better. Uh, it plays the, the pin, Pinball Arcade's engine is just a better engine overall. And I don't just mean because of all they added baloney. Because, like I said, you can turn that off with one button. It's just the ball physics and the it way the ball better. moves. It, it, it yeah. does. It feels better. Uh, uh, you know, this game, if you look at it, I mean, listen, it's early 90s. It's Williams. They're not putting out duds. And this is no. certainly not a dud. You can also no, see no. how this could have a mass appeal. You could put this in a in a uh, uh, yeah, a, a, a local supermarket or a, or, a, or a store, or a bait shop, or a club. You can put it anywhere that that has kind of a more countryfied uh, air to it, like West Virginia, for example. You can put one of these anywhere, and it works. I noticed that the NASCAR machine was like that, too. I mean, any, any sort of rural area you want to put a pinball machine, that kind of stuff will play. And clearly, this got a lot of plays because they made so many of it. So they knew yeah. that they had, a lot of, they had a lot of success with it. But, I mean, if you look at it in the terms of history, or in terms of playability, I think it's a decent player, uh, but it it's and it's okay. It's got that early '90s mentality when it comes to the way they've got the the DMD and the flippers and the, and even the art package. I mean, the art, I don't think the art package is great. It's okay. It's, it's colorful. It's it's, a, colorful. it's colorful, but I wouldn't call it like stellar. For example, no, I'd I say wouldn't it, either. I would say above, slightly above average. You know, yeah, the, and it, you know, so I, I'd say that I would call the game that in general. I would that, say it's. I mean. If if you consider that Williams pinball games by default are above average nine times out of ten because it's Williams, this is you know a decent game. Yeah, the only thing that is just absolutely stand out on this, in my opinion, is the music. Uh, there's so many soundtracks and they're all so upbeat and, and fast paced, which fits the pinball machine very well. Uh, that's its standout for me is the music. Just out of curiosity, Aaron, how much do you think these sell for nowadays? Uh, well, in decent shape, I would, despite the fact that so many were made, pinball machines have went bananas. I'm going to say you're probably looking at about a, uh, four to $5,000 machine, four to six grand. Yeah. Yep. That's what these sell yeah. for. And which is and funny it, because those, those early to mid nineties, middle of the road machines, they're all, all over four grand. You can yeah. forget about it. It doesn't matter what they are. You know, so if you're buying stuff in the '80s, you might get lucky if it's not popular and get it for under two grand. But anything from Williams at this time period is going to be up there. It sure is. Yeah. So, Aaron, what did you bring to the table for us? Well, you know, I went more conventional, the Brent, than I didn't. I uh, did uh, than you did. I went with a little game called Gone Fishing. Yeah. Gone Fishing. Now, this was a. I played this on the Amiga. Uh, just just because that's the format that I'm most familiar with, obviously. But this actually had a release uh, originally on the Atari ST. So this is one of the times where the Atari ST port came to the Amiga. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> uh, this was released on the Amiga in 88 uh, on two discs. And it was published uh, by an outfit called Interstell. It's funny because I just stumbled across Interstell during my live stream the other night. Uh, they were an interesting. I want to go into them real quick before we get into the game proper. Uh, there were a company that was established uh, early on as, as as being called a Cygnus, and it was a company founded by Trevor C. Sorensen. And the funny thing about this game, the company, was it was created to publish games specifically for him because he had made a game. This is one of those early programmers that had no way to distribute his game properly, and he had a game that was sort of a hit called Starfleet in '81. And so he he used this company to actually uh, you know to publish his game. Eventually, uh, they actually got an affiliation with EA, and believe it or not, Gone Fishing actually was distributed by EA to a certain degree. So there was an EA tie in here. Uh, Interstellar wasn't around for a long time. Uh, they ended up ceasing operation in '92, but in '88, uh, 
Uh, they had a game called Empire War Game of the Century, and it was named Computer Game of the Year by uh, mm. Computer Gaming World Magazine. That's a huge uh, deal for a company I've never heard of and for a bunch of games I've never heard of. I thought that was real strange. Uh, but uh, so they had it was they had a brief time uh, play in the in the, in the uh, computer business and they were out the door by 92 and they were by the way based in Webster, Texas. In case anybody wondered. So that's who put this game together. The original guy that, <clears throat> that worked on this was uh, that actually wrote this for the ST was named Roger Damon. Uh, and this got ported over to the Amiga by Tim uh, Lindstrom and Doug Gretsch. So this game was a two-man job to port it over. I looked at the ST version of this, and it, they look pretty similar. There's also a DOS version, which I think you looked at the DOS version. Yeah, DOS is what I actually yeah. played this on. So, of course, this is a fishing game uh, and the, uh, based on the one from the ST the year before. So this game... It's real unusual, man. Uh, in terms of a fishing game, and I don't think I've. It, it's it, it takes a different approach than like the Sega stuff we were talking about earlier. Uh, it starts off with a with a opening scene that looks like I made it in uh, with Windows Paint. Yeah, and it also it really does. Like it sounds like boat. They had boat record the old Andy Griffith theme because <laughs> the opening the opening song in this is one of the most wretched. And I I listen to boat every week. And the opening song of this is one of the most wretched things I've ever heard. It's got go-away heat with me. It's the old Andy Griffith show where they whistle at the beginning, but it's it's done in, like, they did it in two voice, and the two voices don't match up. And so yeah, it's it really is bad. the dirt worst song. You should look this game up just to hear that music because you need to hear it once to understand how horrible it is. So once if, you start, if you want to hear it even worse, go see it in DOS. I get it. <laughs> Does it use the DOS speaker? Yes, I think that'd be better, frankly. No. So, <laughs> so in this game, you start a game, and you're and you and you literally do everything from uh, plan when you're going to go fishing to what you're going to take fishing. You plan where you're going to fish. I mean, it's really it's a quite actually a, 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 an all encompassing fishing experience. The first thing you do is you have a calendar where you decide when you're going to go to work and when you're going to fish. Now, I can tell you, the very first thing I did was just not go to work at all, and then I ran out of money, like, yeah, instantly. So you, work. <laughs> you have to keep going to work uh, when you play this game. Then you go to this, like, shed. I mean, I assume it's a, I mean, it could be the guy's house. It's the guy's uh, house, yeah. And then in the house, you've got a, a table, and this is sort of a menu to go do different stuff. There's a there's a there's a, a book that shows you how all the fish you've caught. There's a thing that tells you the weather, and there's the calendar that lets you plan your week. Uh, and then there's a book that lets you pick the lake you're going to go fishing on. And if you go through the lakes, each of the lakes will have a name, and it'll have what kind of fish you're going to catch there in terms of the size, you know. And then it's also going to have uh, wh whether there's going to be a tournament at the lake where you can win some cash. If you go to a lake with a tournament. You don't think you don't have to pay. You got to pay to get these terms, and it ain't cheap, is it? You're talking like yeah, five hundred wigwams, right yeah, there. Yeah, you can't afford. The, you can't even afford to go to the tournament when you first start the right, game. Right, you have to. You have to actually get. Uh, you have to get some money together before you can go to a tournament. Plus, you want to learn what you're doing. Did you ever enter a tournament, by the way? No, no. I actually got into a. <laughs> I did. I finally. I finally had to struggle it. I did get to one. I played this game well into the night and early this morning. Trying my to get further than I had because I'd done so poorly. So once you've planned out uh, your what lake you're going to go to, then it's time to go to the tackle shop, and you've got to go and fill your tackle box up with various bits of bait. Uh, they've got all kinds of different types of bait: bait for little fish, bait for big fish, uh, bait for uh, people that like to let the the uh, bait sink to the floor of the of the lake, and bait for people that like to have you know do stuff like yank the uh, the pole and have the bait dance around. You've also got the ability to upgrade your boat. You start off with like a real crap boat. You can upgrade to a better boat, but I never had the money to upgrade to a better boat. You also have the ability to get one of those fish finder computers. I never had the money to buy that either because those things were super expensive. So once you have determined the bait, the whole nine yards, then it's time to hit the lake, Brent. And so what you're presented with is a is a split screen. On the left, you've got the lake, your boat, and with the land mass around. And on the right, you've got a picture of, of your boat with what's in it. You've got sort of like a first-person view 
of of what you're seeing from the boat, and then at what time it is. And so basically, this screen is is used to help you identify uh, certain areas of the lake that you that will have better fishing depending on what you're looking on. As you go through the lake, you'll notice that the lake turns from different shades of blue to indicate deeper or shallow, more shallow water. You'll also find that if you look around, you can find parts of the lake that have like a uh, brush, like, uh, vegetation. like vegetation in them. And that's where I like to go. Because I did, if I knew anything from actual fishing, I knew that you like to catch like bass and stuff. You want to go into those areas that have like something where the fish would eat it. Now, I didn't do this at first, but I watched a very helpful video that showed me that, that one of the things you need to do is when you get near the area you're going to fish, you're going to want to turn off your big motor and turn on the little dinky motor on the front of your boat so you can kind of creep in there and not scare the fish. You know about that? Yes. I, oh, so did you know that from real fishing or from watching a playthrough? From real fishing. Okay, because so, that makes sense, but I never thought about it. Yeah. In fact, when I, I wondered why the boat had two motors for the longest time. I was like, oh, that's why. So anyway... <laughs> Once you think, once you creep into the area, and by the way, we should talk about how you steer the boat. Uh, it's pretty weird, isn't it? How you? <laughs> well, I mean, it's that's pretty common. You fare. use your mouse for all this game, and you basically you hold the mouse button down, and you kind of move the you kind of uh, uh, move the mouse back and forth to simulate the the motor on the back of the boat uh, moving angle. And so it takes some getting used to, but eventually you'll get it. Uh, well, so, no, it's way simpler than that. Well, it took me. Your, I had trouble. <laughs> your boat moves in the eight coordinate directions, up, down, left, right, and then the diagonals. Yeah. What you're really doing is you're saying, I want to move left or right, and after a while, it will flip your boat to the next diagonal or the next straight. So it's it's not hard to actually drive the boat. Well, very good. Well, I had trouble, so uh, I, I, but you get Fair used enough. to it. The good thing is... Uh, much like a real lake, even if you suck at driving the boat, generally you're okay until it's time to pick that boat up on the dock. Then if you suck at it, you got problems. So what you want to do is you steer your boat to where you're going to fish. And then it's time to drop anchor. There's a drop anchor button. And once you drop anchor, it's time for you to begin the actual fishing at the lake. Now, uh, the first thing you do when you get to the point where you want to fish is you open up the old tackle box, which is in your boat. And the tackle box has all the different lures you've got. And you need to pick a lure because when you pick this lake, it sort of told you how big the fish were that were in the lake. And so you want to pick a lure that will accommodate the size of fish you're going after. Now, I don't know what does what. So I tried to gauge uh, the, the best I could. Did you have any way to determine which lure was best well, for the job? It, it's it's not. It is somewhat based on how big the fish is. But more importantly... It's where the location in the water you want to fish. Because you can fish surface, middle, or bottom. Yeah. And the lures will naturally gravitate to whatever corresponding level of the water you want to, you know, it's made for. Right. So all that made sense. And then, of course, from there, bigger lures to catch bigger fish. Right. So once you... Once you've got the the, uh, the appropriate lure on your on your uh, on your uh, fishing line, it's time to cast the thing. And what you do is you literally point, you put the mouse where you want the, to cast the line in the in the lake, and he'll throw the line out there. And then you get this interesting perspective of like basically like a a, a ghost is holding your. It's a no one holding your pole. It just floats in front of you. So presumably you can pretend that your hands are on it. And then you see like a little window. That has like a cut scene of your of whatever you're fishing with, represented by a dot that floats down into the water. So you sort of see underwater, all right. And then you basically can decide whether you want to start reeling the thing in. The one thing about using the mouse that adds to this game is that when you move the mouse, the pole corresponds with how the mouse is moved, and your left mouse button will reel in your line, and your right mouse button sort of makes you jerk the pole. Okay, Sets both the hook. That's right. I see. I don't know the technical term, so so I, I call it jerk the pole. That's the way. Yeah. We do. That's the way That's we what do the it. jerk would say. For sure. They take off. So you, as you move your little lure through the through the water. Oh, I also, also mentioned there's a, there's a uh, uh, before you, when you cast out there's an S and an F. Okay, we need to talk about that. I, I thought they meant. I thought it meant sink or float. 
But the video I saw said it meant slow or fast. Slow or fast so, reeling, yes. Yeah, you can see I had to learn a lot about what I was doing here. So you pick it the way you're going to, the speed you're going to reel in your line right there. So anyway, you've got the lure in the water. You're floating the lure around, waiting for the fish to hit. And eventually a fish will, well, maybe, if you're in the right spot, a fish will come rolling in. And they come in fast, don't they, Brent? Yeah. And, and they hit that lure. <clears throat> and when that happens, you've got to go pretty quick. And what you've got to do is that you've got to, and I learned this about after a, a thousand attempts, is you've got to hit the right button real quick to set the hook, like Brent said. Then you start reeling that sucker in. Now, you can't go crazy with reeling him in because occasionally he'll jump out of the water, right? You know, like a fish would. And if, you, if you're reeling him, when he jumps out of the water, you'll, he'll, he'll fall off the hook. You know, so you've got to, when that happens, you sort of got to stop reeling for a second until he falls back in the water. If you're successful, you'll ultimately will pull the fish out of the water and then it'll, it, and it'll basically weigh him on the spot. You'll know, say, okay, this fish is a pound or two pounds. Uh, and then, and then once that happens, you're good to go on catching another fish. Uh, the game is in no hurry. Uh, this game, that's one of the things I like about it. I mean, you could sit down. And like I said, there's a clock that sort of simulates the day, but it doesn't move. It's not like it's going like 50 times the speed. You know, you're out there for a full day of fishing, so you've every got plenty of time. Every time you cast, <clears throat> it takes 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, if you so, think about it, that's but nothing. But you are on the lake until 9.30 p.m., and you arrive at the lake at 8 a.m. Yeah. So you, you get plenty of cast. Can you imagine how sunburnt you would be? Because that's one thing. When you're out in a boat, man, you I've been out in the boat and not be fishing, and it, it's it, that sun can be brutal. Uh, the instructions, when you actually start reeling it in, it sort of will tell you what to do. It'll also tell you like what kind of fish it is. That's sort of important. Now, I did not ever get any huge fish, right? I would get, did you I, ever catch a fish? I did catch a fish. I did it this morning, actually, after days of trying. I can tell you... We're reeling off this thing, no pun intended. But, I mean, this game takes a lot of... Uh, I had to watch... There aren't that many people that played this online. But I had to. I watched every one of them, including the guy who just cussed a lot and screamed at the game. Uh, that guy didn't help me that much. But another guy actually gave me some better techniques that were helpful. Because this is not uh, This is not Sega bass fishing, where just you figure it out in two seconds. This one takes you... You have to sit there and figure it out. But there's... I found this strangely uh, 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 amusing, and I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. The graphics are—I mean, this is '88. They, the Amiga, could have effectively been capable of almost photographic, <clears throat> at best, realism. But you don't get that. I mean, the graphics on this are not great, but they're serviceable, and you get the picture. Uh, and when you get to the point where you're actually uh, doing tournaments and stuff, I'm sure it's a lot more fun if you get further in. It's just it's hard to learn right away. It took it took the learning curve is I wouldn't call it mega steep, no. but I would call it a, a you. It's not just a jump in and give it a whirl. What what was your thoughts on this one, Brent? I attempted to play this on the Amiga because <clears throat> I knew that's where you were playing it. Yeah, and I I had no luck. You said you had no problem. I yeah, for I, didn't, I, didn't, reason, I, I couldn't get it. Yeah, I, for some whatever reason, I could not get it to load on anything that I tried to load it on. Yeah. So I went to the DOS version, and uh, I watched videos of the Amiga version, and I can say pretty confidently they are pretty much the same game with the exception of the visuals and the sound are different. Yeah. Uh, but all the core concepts are there. So when I dove into the game... And I, and I figured the the whole work week fish thing, I thought, oh, that's kind of cute. I wonder how this is going to play out. Because obviously they're going for a more sim game. Yeah. And I got my boat and I went out to my first place and I, you know, I, I bought all my stuff. And I threw my line out there. And I noticed that when you're controlling the pole, you can go up, down, and, and, and neutral. And you can go left, right. And I was like, oh, as soon as I saw that, I knew I was screwed. Because that means this game is going to be a super sim. And it is. When you throw your line out, <coughs> excuse me, that part is the 
least sim of the bunch because you just point to where you you click where you want to throw your line and it it just happens. It's funny because in most games that's one of the biggest parts. Yeah, and the, the casting and in this the casting it just you just tell it where you want to. Your guy's a mega caster. You don't have to yeah. worry about it. He he always nails the the right spot every time. But as soon as you get into the the lore in the water, you have to control every aspect of it. Uh, it does show you on a separate little screen, a, a pip, what the lore is doing. And without that, the game would be unplayable. Oh, but yeah. You have to actually control the level that the lore is keeping. Uh, for me... I had fish, and I, I, I'm assuming it's the same in the Amiga version. Fish can either swim by low, medium, or high. And if the lure isn't sort of in their line, they won't go for it. And I'm, I'm sure it also has to do with what kind of lure you're using. So you have to reel, at least this is what I did. I would throw the line out, and I would immediately start reeling it in with a spinner bait. And the spinner bait would want to either sink to the bottom or go to the top, and I wanted it to keep it in the middle. So I had to keep flicking the fishing rod just ever so slightly to kind of keep it in that middle area, which is exactly what how spinner fishing works. You know, you want to keep motion on the line and simulate, uh, you know, a, a hurt creature or a, you know a hurt prey for the fish. I found it incredibly fulfilling. To keep, not to catch the fish, but to keep everything where I wanted to keep it. That aspect of the game, absolutely wonderful. Hooking the fish is a timing mini game. Uh, the fish will swim up and it will, you know, hit your bait and you have to stop reeling and then hit the button, which sounds simple, but it is super fast. And depending on what size the fish is, it could be un. un impossible fast at least impossible for me so now you've got the fish hooked what are you going to do you start reeling it in and i'm the videos i saw for the amiga version it was just a simple reel it in nothing bad happens apparently on the dos version you're fishing with a line of tissue paper because <laughs> my line would snap and the fish would get loose almost every single time and it's one of those things where hmm. Reeling the fish in would take three minutes of fighting the fish because the well, fish would swim to the left or to the right. You may have, have been to, you may have been fishing with a lot. Like I went to places that I knew had small fish. I got the tip from that video, and so right. the smaller fish they hardly fought at all. You yank them out real quick. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah, I, I was fighting these things like. David and Goliath. Well, you need like you can invest in like better equipment. I think to to you probably just well, had you probably no. Didn't I have, did. I, oh. I bought the tools that were supposed to make fishing easier. Right, but I think right? you can later on you can buy better line or something because I I didn't have I never broke a line not even one time. But I always oh, went fishing. Did with you the ever lose stuff. your bait? No. Yeah. See, I did that too. Um. So I was when you're fighting the fish, the fish will swim left or right. And it will pull the line out, uh, you know, fighting the line. So when it, the fish is swimming away from you, you have to stop reeling. And when the fish is swimming to the left, you have to point your pole to the left and give it a little bit more line. And there are times when the fish will swim to the extreme left of the screen or the extreme right of the screen. And if it does that, it gets away. So you have to pull it by moving your rod to one side of the screen but not real. So you have to kind of jerk it back and forth to lead it back into the direction you want to do it. It is incredibly in-depth and a lot like real fishing. I had the best time with this game, except it's so dang hard. Well, I think you I made it. I think if played. you played it with a lighter fish, I think you would have gotten more success. Well, I, I really I, do. I, I told myself, I am not quitting until I catch a fish. Yeah. So I played for hours, breaking lines, losing lures, uh, you know, repositioning the boats. I restarted the I would write out a money, restart the game. Yeah. You know, put in a new name, start all the way back over, go to different lakes. And I eventually caught a fish. Hey. And it was so rewarding 
it was so absolutely rewarding that I felt like I'd accomplished something. You remember and how I big it was? Myself, um, five. Oh yeah, that's a bigger fish. I think it was five. Yeah. Um, but I felt so accomplished by this, and, yeah. and that's something you you know, video games. Some you they push you to do something, and you finally do it, and you feel accomplished. That's exactly what this game did for me. <clears throat> and uh, I, I played, you know, after I caught a fish, I felt good. I played a little bit more. I caught another fish, and I, was, I felt like I was in the groove. And, and then, unfortunately, my time able to play the game ran out. But I absolutely, absolutely love this game. Uh. I think this would be perfect for anyone out there that wants a fishing sim where you feel like you're getting better, you feel like you're accomplishing something. Uh, now it's frustrating. It's super frustrating, and at least on the da- on DOS, it has the absolute worst sound effects for when you're driving the boat. So much so that I had to take my headphones off while I was playing. Yeah, you're it is want to so grindy. The, the Amiga, probably. That but I, that, yeah, I don't blame you. But hey, you know it. One thing I like, and you mentioned, is that when you when you move the mouse and you actually are moving the uh, the fishing rod, when you actually have the lure down, it's that's it's just like real fishing where you kind of you kind of jerk the thing a little bit, and, the, and it, yeah, it, they do it a great job. I it mean, dances, they, that, yeah. It's funny that a game that seems this basic and came out in '88, they it's an unusually uh, it's an unusually apt uh, uh, capturing of fishing. And including yes. the frustrating parts. Listen, Absolutely. how many times have we went fishing over the years back when I used to do it? And I never I never hardly ever caught anything. You know, so at least you have a better chance here. For, again, it's one of those games you have to learn the nuances of it. Uh, but I, I think it's uh, people can enjoy this surprisingly. If you're looking for something just to like, it's a nice way to just like kill some time too. You can just sit there and play it. Sort of like real fishing. I mean, it's pretty laid back. Now, know? I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because I was on the edge of my seat fighting these fish. Well, you go for the I was smaller getting, ones. It's not that it won't be as bad. I was getting mad and, and slamming my fist down on the table. And, you know, when you lose the lures, which I didn't lose a whole lot of lures, but when you do, it actually leaves your inventory. You know, so you have yeah. to, if you haven't bought spares of it, it's gone. You can't use that anymore. Uh, thankfully, the lures are ch- priced cheap enough that you can kind of stock up on your favorite lures. Uh, but, oh, yeah, this was a heck of a good game. This absolutely, if you have any interest in fishing games, check this one out. You know, the, one of the, this is one of the few games ever that I can ever remember because fishing is a hobby, just like retro computing or gaming or anything. This is one of the few games we've ever played where you actually have to go, you have to keep going to your real job to fund your hobby in yeah. the game. That's I thought that aspect. <laughs> what a weird thing to put in there. But I mean, the funny thing is, because like I said, the very first thing I did was just not going to work at all. Well, you run out of money. End of yeah. fishing. <laughs> now you do get money based on the fish you catch, right? But so. I'm saying, just you, if you go out there and suck, you're done, and you yeah. can lose all you. You can use up every bit of your money instantly. It's just Absolutely. like a real hobby. Because you have to pay to go to the lakes too. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. And the tournaments are expensive. It's all, all the, the equipment's expensive. It's real. It's just like real life. <laughs> Believe it or not, I found some reviews of this game. Uh, the Brent, the uh, the people in Lemon give this a six point one seven. I found a review from a magazine called. I think this is a uh, probably a French magazine called Generation Four. They give this a eighty seven percent. The Games Machine gave this an eighty eight. And Compute's Amiga Resource looked at this and gave it an 80. So I surprisingly decent scores uh, for for uh, this game, uh, considering, you know, if when you first look at it, it doesn't blow you out of water. Uh, this game was also, they had a title change. And the, the name it went from yep. being called Gone Fishing to being called Real Fishing, R-E-E-L. I yep. like Gone Fishing better, personally. But uh, what was it called on the DOS version? Do you remember? Uh, it was listed under both. Uh, there you go. There you go. You know, I I should look. I don't think we got any Discord reviews on this, but let me have a quick look just to make sure. I think uh, I don't. I, I'd say a lot of people. I know so, you weren't the only person that actually had trouble uh, 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 using uh, the the Amiga first. It's funny. I I I had I didn't have it on my uh, on my uh, Amiga section, but I had I did have it on my uh, uh, 
Amiga Forever, and it came right up with no problems. So that's how I played it. Anyway, it's an interesting title, uh, and I think if you're looking to try any sort of virtual fishing, this one's definitely worth a look. In fact, I may, Brad, I'm thinking about doing a stream of me playing this for a couple hours just for fun. So it might be could, something yeah. we see in the future. Something else that you're going to see in the future, and the future is now, bam, it's time for the wheel, Brent. Let's get oh. it going. So, this time out, Brent, because we're almost out of pie pieces, but I had, there's one pie piece we dread more than almost any, and it's on here. It's the chat choice, Brent. Oh. So, people in the chat room, if, if you get picked, uh, we, we're depending on you to come up with something real clever. Our retro rewind this week is the early 80s arcade, Brent. Early 80s arcade. You have I mean, a I could go for some of that. You like that one, do you? Okay. Okay, oh, you know what? No, I'm rooting for chat choice. I want to see chat help us out here. Oh, yeah? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, you are really zoomed in. I know. I know. I love it. All right. Uh! Non-sport manager games. Okay. Non-sport yeah. manager games. This was a uh, a suggestion from Olaf Hope, uh, Brent. So non-sport manager games. Can you give us some examples of what that would be? Non. I mean, anything where you you manage either a team or a, it said non-sport. Yeah. Well, no, a team of people. Not, oh, not, I see. Not a athletic team. Uh, you know, I would I would think of uh game dev tycoon prison architect uh those type of games you're managing people some against their will this this will require great amounts of research for me to come up with one i literally usually when we spin these things i've got something right away but Olaf hope has actually thrown me for a loop here with this and i'll have to really ponder it uh, now we need to uh we need to clarify something i see chat Saying stuff like SimCity and Populous, I don't agree that that's a management game. I, that's a. The, what do you think, Aaron? We're we gonna we're we need to make a call. That's not are what I was to, thinking. That's are not, we gonna widen the scope to 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 that sort of affair, or are we looking that you're actually managing a team of? See, people? Frontier Gibberish is on my wavelength. He mentions a Rockstar ate my hamster, where you manage a rock and roll uh, act. That's more like what I'm thinking, not like okay. a sim type game. Okay, so we're saying, well, I mean, like Game Dev Tycoon, you Game Dev you control Tycoon. a team of people. Yeah, that would that eventually. would probably do it. Of course, we did that one already, but yeah, yeah. That's so. Let's go down that road, and okay. we will we can run them past each other to make sure we both think that we're in line. So a good, an interesting suggestion from All of Hope. Absolutely, well done, well done. Uh, listen, we appreciate everybody for joining us today. We had a good uh, crowd in the old uh, chat room. Brent, you got anything you want to plug while we're on here today? Uh, I think I've got a leak in the bathroom. I want oh, to get that plug. Listen, you're a goof. Hey, I'll plug a few things while we're here. We we will, uh, are only two weeks away, uh, in less than two weeks, from uh, um, the Amigos 300th episode. Unfortunately, Amigo Brent is going to be out of town. <laughs> for that episode. Yeah, but uh, it will be, I believe it's going to be May 14th, Brant, will be the big day uh, for uh, for Amigos 300. We're looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I also want to mention that uh, uh, we've got uh, the Teen Speaker regulars on our ARG Presents Twitch channel. Join up, if you will, and then come play. We had a, we had a good four-hour game session last night with a bunch of people uh, playing live. Uh, modern games online streamed on Twitch. If you're interested, uh, catch us in Discord on the Teen Speaker Regulars channel, and uh, or drop me a note for uh, any sort of details. And if you need to reach me and the Brent, uh, you can get hold of us at argpresents at mail dot com with your questions, comments, your pie pieces. Uh, we'll take all that stuff, Brent, because we are not very creative. Greedy. Frankly. Oh, oh yeah, that too. <laughs> I forgot about that. And greedy. So there you go. That's it. We're out the door. And until next week, go get you some fishing done. Bam. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG Presents. 
just like these fine folks. Graham, WFETKE, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rechmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroallergy, Hermsky, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.